What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Be sure to go to iTunes, leave us some reviews. Always, always, always enjoy seeing those. And this weekend, August whenever, I don't know what it is, 9th, 10th, 11th maybe? I don't know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be at the Texas Trophy Hunters in Fort Worth. Come by, see us if you're in the greater Fort Worth area. We'll be there all weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come by the booth, say hello. We like talking to you. This podcast is brought to you by Die Bomb Industries. If you want dive bombs, you better order them pretty dang if fast. If you want some dive bombs for a spread this this season, 2019-2020 season, you better get on the ball. Go to divebombindustries.com and get what you want and get it in a hurry because guys are ordering a shitload of them. A shitload, yes. Go to divebombindustries.com. They're the best investment that you can make in 2019. Can't beat them. Divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth is back in style. Brandon's changing the game. Everybody's doing bismuth now because Brandon made it cool again. Boss Shot Shells only takes one. Copper plating they're doing now. All their orders are coming copper plated. Holds a tighter pattern. So Boss Shot Shells only takes one. Not having to shoot a whole bunch of them. To, no more crippled birds. That's a big thing. BossShotShells.com. All made in America. Go to them. Get what you need for the season. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. You can't field hunt without spinners. You need a lot of spinners. LuckyDuck.com, and you can get whatever you need for this coming season. Varmint hunting, dog dog kennel coming out. Got a dog. They've also got a new blind. Yes. The two by four blind can hold four people. Or what we're going to do (laughs) when we've got a pain in the ass client that we don't want to sit with, we're just going to say, "Oh, this blind can only hold two people." Sorry. Collapse it down to two. It's just going to be, I don't know, me and Blake. Might so I guess the guy that's listening to this at hunts with is like, well, we must be them assholes because we're over here. They're by themselves over there. Well, should have done better that. You know, should have made a better impression at dinner the night before. <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> but, yeah, they can hold two people or four people. So if you've got, uh, if it's just you and a buddy, What's, you don't have a whole lot what of What about extra. if it's three fat guys? <laughs> I don't know. We, we got one sitting outside. We're going to have to go put it up and. See how many it holds. But, yeah, so they've got blinds. They've got dog kennels. they got it all. They've got it all. Spinners galore. Get the waterproof spinners with the remotes. You will not regret if that. If you're going to field hunt, put out at least four to six spinners. At least you'll be happy you did it. It's another. It's just like your silhouettes, just like your dive bombs. If you're going to put something out, put out enough that's going to make game changer. Four to six spinners will game changer for you. LuckyDuck.com. This podcast is also brought to you by 737, direct to consumer, no more big box stores, all made in America. Made in Oklahoma. Made in Oklahoma. But blown by this fat guy in Texas. Every duck hunt I blew my call on last year is very successful. So use the 737 old number one, just like number one does. The three duck hunts that you went on were very good. Went on six of them. We shot at least 30 birds every time but one, and you didn't shoot very good. How would That's, you know? My, my kill per average guiding this year was better than yours. I take full credit as being the guide on that last ton of the season. Hmm. And we would have shot more if y'all had let me call the shot. We couldn't have shot more. We were done on pintails. We would have shot more mallards, though. We fucked up one time. But I don't want to bring that up on the air and embarrass you. Yeah. That's 737duckcalls.com. We're also brought to you by Sealot LEDs. Can't beat them. No more reason to be fiddling around in the dark. Light up the sky, see what you're doing, set up that perfect decoy spread. Because let's face it, when it's dark outside, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're just throwing decoys down willy-nilly. SealightLEDs.com can alleviate that problem. Stick them on your trailer, stick them on your truck. Stick them on your truck and you can see the, the critters in the ditches. Yeah, that's important here in Texas. Sealight LEDs, you, they're, they're the best LED lights that you can get. Big light bars, I'm a fan. Trust me, after doing it the wrong way for so many years and then finally having some sea lights on my trailer, wish I'd have done it a long time ago. SealightLEDs.com. We're also brought to you by William Chris Vineyards. Texas wine, all grown in Texas. Chris is a great client of ours. Makes a great wine. You can go get them at HEB, Whole Foods, Central Market, all those places. All the, all the hoity-toity places, as you all like to say. All of those places. Um, you know, if you're trying to impress somebody... Get a William Chris wine. They will not leave disappointed. 
You can go to williamchriswines.com, and I believe they'll even ship you the wine. So you don't even have to leave your underwear to get drunk. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Last but not least, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Home of the Big Honker Lodge and the Big Honker Podcast. We are not far away from hunting season now. Five weeks. Not long at all. Dove season will be here. Party time. Looking forward to it. Stanfieldhunting.com. If you've sent an email recently, our website's under construction, so if you have sent an email recently, you can just call the office, 940-658-3172. Email should what, be fixed. I mean, what, what, do you have any dates, really? I mean, what dates stand out that we can give these people? I've got some dates late November. I've got some early All December, weekdays? midweeks. Any, any weekends? i got a couple of weekends left, not a bunch. i got great teal hunts, though. If you want to shoot, shoot some teal in September, come out here. We can do a dove teal combo. That would be fun. Lots of guns should be it should be a great year. I mean, we've got tons of water. We got food. We've got some teal here already. So that's what come out and do a t- teal dove combo in September. Nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. And on the line with us today, Mr. Tyler Roach from Colorado. How are you doing, Tyler? Pretty good. How are y'all doing? Excellent. Hot. Pretty convenient that your last name is Roach in the land of uh, marijuana, Colorado. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I figured you guys jump on that right away. <laughs> ah, well, fucking <laughs> 10 seconds in and we didn't disappoint. I, yeah, I, can yep, just, I was waiting for it. I can just fucking mic drop and not say another word. <laughs> hey, d- l- let me ask you something we touch on that. How old are you, Tyler? I'm 25. So you go to bars, and have, have you seen Blake Poppy anywhere yet up there in Denver? No, I've never seen him around. Well, if you do, I'm sorry. I apologize now for whatever he does. <laughs> so I, are you a married guy or a single guy? No, I'm married. Oh, well, you probably don't go out much no more then. When you go out and shit... You not, s- not a whole lot, no. <laughs> do, you, do you see people smoking pot and shit everywhere and eating edibles? Uh, yeah, yeah, we see it a fair amount. Yeah, especially if you go down into Denver, but I don't I don't go around there. It's scary. <laughs> that, that's what I've heard. I, it's a lot of zombies. Yeah, I'm like an hour north of Denver, and I, I don't go really anywhere near there. But yeah, working, you know, I see it. I've seen it every now and then. You know, driving down the road, holding the steering wheel with your knee lighting up or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it work? So it's legal in, in Colorado. How does it work for, like, guys that get piss tested? Is it not an issue, or is it all based off the company you work for? Yeah, I believe it's all off the company you work for. I'm not really sure about that. I had a FedEx guy from Denver hunted with us, and he told me that, you know, they don't let it go on. And he goes, you know, people are bitch. Well, it's not against the law. Well, yeah, it's company policy. Right. You know, you work for someone, and they write you a check. They write the rules. You know, if you don't yeah. like it, get a job somewhere else. But I can understand. I wouldn't want my FedEx guy fucking hitting the bong before he get in the fucking truck to drive it all over the place. I wouldn't want him drinking a beer before he did it either. Yeah. Yeah, and I think most people kind of treat it like they do alcohol out here. It's, you know, just don't get caught doing it on the job, but there definitely are those jobs that, that test for it and make sure that you're staying straight with all that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it's not, if it's not company policy to, you know, that, that this would be 
a banned substance, then you know I'm I'm fine with it as long as you get your shit done and aren't doing it on the job. Just like Jeff said, I don't want people pounding a fifth of Jack Daniels before they go do some shit either. Yeah, I mean, it's- yeah. Well, and I imagine those companies around Boulder and Denver, if they don't allow you to smoke pot, then I would imagine they can't hire anybody. Right. They probably have a pretty hard time. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense too. I tell you one thing. I wish I owned a fucking Twinkie shop up there, a donut Ooh, shop. Ooh wee. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the food truck business is real big around here. <laughs> I bet it is. Who to ever thunk it? I mean, we went out and got some fish and chips the other day, and man, they were just lined up. <laughs> Tons of people out there. Everybody's trying to curb those munchies a little bit. On honest analysis, I guess so. Yeah. Honest analysis on this. Do you think it's been good for Colorado or bad for Colorado? Uh, you know, financially, it's made a lot of sense. They've made, you know, billions of dollars off of it. I'm not talking money. As as, I'm talking about. Yeah. So oh, you got to factor in money, though, too. No, we talked about this at lunch. Yeah. We did. I mean, there, there's, a, there's definitely a lot of money going to schools and all kinds of stuff like that. And so I, I don't know. I couldn't say either way. There, you know, there's a lot of people that have a hard stance on either side. It, it hasn't bothered me too much. Like I said, I don't. I don't really go down around Denver, especially around, you know, 420 when they're having their big old celebrations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So as far as that stuff kind of goes, it, it doesn't bother me at all. So I, I don't think it's really affected us that much. But then again, you talk to a lot of people that throw massive fits about it. So I've talked to a few police officers about it, and they seem to be pretty split on it. Half of them are happy that they're not writing, you know, petty bullshit tickets all the time for you know, catching someone with a joint and taking them to jail or whatnot. The other half say it's caused lots of issues on the road. So, yeah, I don't no. know. We have such problem with drunk drivers out here. I don't. I don't really know how they even figure out which is which. Right. Yeah, that, I know that has been a big increase. We've talked about it in judges' conferences that a lot more DWIs and drunk while high on pot. I don't know what the hell they call that then. It's yeah, gonna be, it's going to be a mad race to see which state is the first one to legalize heroin. If it's going to be California or Colorado. But it's going to happen. Well, apparently we're making moves on mushrooms right now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, it's just Denver, isn't it? It's not the whole state? Yeah, it's just Denver, and I don't even know what they did with it. Decriminalized it or something. I don't think you could sell it, but I think they'd look the other way if you get caught with it or something like that. I'm not really sure how it all works. Hmm. Crazy. But, yeah, we're we're the next California. That's what it is. So, uh, do do the geese? Have you ever? I wonder if the geese ever eat any marijuana and what it does to them. Somebody just drop a joint and the so, goose eats it. Andy, you're a fucking well, idiot. Sometimes. Well, I, well, let me tell. Let me tell you this. See there. Okay. We we, we hunted a property. Uh, it, was, it was northeast of Greeley, Colorado, so kind of you know northern part of the state. And the gal had called me because we were going out for the first time of the season. She said, "You know, we got a, a hemp field. I forgot to tell you." You know, I don't think that'll affect anything, but the geese have been eating hemp all year long. Hmm. And I said, oh, cool. We'll go in there and shoot them. And we have absolutely wrecked them. Just early season <laughs> geese came in real nice and mm-hmm. just destroyed them. Well, we cut those honkers up, and they were big geese, like just, just tankers. And we cut them up, and they had bright pink breasts in them. What? And they had no funk, no funky smell at all. It was the weirdest thing. I couldn't even believe I was cutting into a goose because, I was kind of, you know, holding my nose already, cutting right. into them. And then I saw the the look of the meat, and I'm like, well, that's not right. And I started smelling them, and it just, I mean, it smelled like you were cutting open like a deer or a pronghorn, mm. like no funny, swampy smell like a goose would normally have. And I don't know if that's just because they were locals or because they were, you know, sitting on hemp every day. I don't really know what happened, but it was some really good-tasting geese, and that's really saying something. No <laughs> shit. I've never had one of those ever, so I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> so the breast was bright pink, and it didn't stink. Yeah. Yeah, and we shot probably, I don't know, probably 20 of them that looked just like that, and a couple of them were a little funky. Right. Um, but the, the rest of them, I mean, I've never seen that before. It was crazy. That's interesting. So, now you hunt, are you hunting around Denver, Fort Collins area? Is that where you're hunting at? Uh, we're northeast of there, um, kind of east of Fort Collins. So, we hunt pretty much the whole northeast part of the state. And then, depending on where the birds are, we will move down south, um, you know, down to Wahana and stuff like that out near John Martin Reservoir. And then, early season, uh, it's kind of back and forth between the front range, you know, around Fort Collins and then up in the mountains. That's kind of our 
a little secret out here is you can go up in the mountains early season and just absolutely hammer birds and there's like no pressure up there i get i guess the uh y'all are living basically in the last couple of years with the lack of winter i would assume y'all have wintered just hundreds of thousands of birds right through there yeah it's been weird we it's been pretty warm the last few years but it seems like we i i seem to see the same amount of birds it's just they get more concentrated when it gets hot so this last couple of years it took a lot of scouting to find the pockets and you know when you get into them of course it's great but it's it's just a lot of miles on the truck getting after them have you seen the 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 lesser population tick up at all or or do you not see too many of those where you're at yeah yeah no we 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 actually shot more lessers last year than i'd i'd say probably ever makes sense and less honkers i don't really i don't really know what happened to our honkers at least in my area that i'm hunting didn't get into a ton of them not like normally but yeah lots of little chickens flying around yeah i know uh colorado eastern colorado is a pretty major corridor for us and yeah it makes sense that you would be shooting more lessers yeah yeah, well, especially if you push out east, you know, towards Nebraska, you know, you get into just massive wads of them, and then that's when you start getting into the snows as well. Do you kill you kill a lot of field ducks up there? Well, we we try to. <laughs> it, it's tough around here. I don't. I think it's got to be the pressure, but you know, pretty close to the towns, there. Unless you got weather or the right moon phase, it's almost impossible to kill them out of the field because they just feed super super late. Mm-hmm. I mean, shooting light will hit, and by the time you got your whole spread picked up, that's when they start hitting the field. So, if you get the right moon phase, you can definitely do it. Or if you, you know, obviously any kind of weather, you know, you can get them in the field. But if we push further out east towards Nebraska, we can definitely get into them. My prediction um, on what? Yeah, go ahead. Probably not as good as like you guys have out there. You guys seem to do great out in the fields. Well, my prediction of what you said is what's going on in the country because I talked a lot. Well, we talked to a lot of people from a lot of places. Is the the flying late? I think the mallard, especially the mallards, they're getting acclimated to getting their ass shot in fields everywhere, and they're flying yeah. later and later and later all the time. And we haven't had winter, a real winter in a long time. I know the hot cropping guys think that we're just having regular winters every year, but we haven't had a winter in a long time. And I think yeah. the, I think the mallard especially, they're, they're, they're a very adaptive duck. I mean, hell, they're, they're probably – I'm assuming up there where y'all are at, y'all are doing them like we dove hunt. The dove nest in town, and then fly, if you hunt anywhere around a town, you kill a lot of dove usually if you have a good feed field. So I'm assuming the mallards yeah. are the same way. They're staying in the city parks and on the country clubs. Then they get up and go fly in the fields. But you, like you said, they're not flying until almost dark now. Yeah. Yeah, they hang up in the city quite a bit. But then also the big thing out here, we got lots of you know energy plants and power plants that have all kinds of hot water. Yep. So they'll hang up in there because they're not getting touched. And then I used to be under the impression that that ducks would feed out a field really quick because, you know, we'd have them in a field and we'd just absolutely mash them. But when they'd hop to another field, they'd only spend a day or two. But these last three years, I mean, I've seen them in one field the entire year because they're not getting shot at. And they'll just keep feeding that field over and over and over again. Don't seem to dry it up at all. They're aggressive feeders, boy. Yeah. They are that, but they walk and get after that shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're heading up to Canada in October, so I'm hoping we can get a few more field ducks up there. Where are you <laughs> doing a little up? better than around here? Where are you going in Canada? We'll be uh, west of Saskatoon. West of Saskatoon. That, that means around Vancouver. He was being very vague. <laughs> That's a lot of territory <laughs> west yeah. of Saskatoon. He didn't want to let you know exactly where. Just west. <laughs> Let's let's put it this way. We'll leave about forty five minutes west of Saskatoon. You're giving way too much fucking information yeah. up, buddy. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Have you, do y'all go every year, or is this your first year up there? No, this will be the first year. Nice. When are you going? Yep. Uh, we're going October fourth. That ought to be good time. Yeah, I guess you missed yeah. my. I guess you missed my post on the Big Honker podcast. If anybody needed a fat guy to come along to keep him entertained <laughs> on a field hunt for a couple of days. You missed that, huh? Oh, we got ne- we got an extra bed up there. No, I'm just. I don't know if you'll fit in the truck with us, but you know, if you're willing to drive separate, we can do it. Wow, you're fat shaming <laughs> now. I would drive myself, <laughs> but I'd have to pick up my fat buddy in Nebraska to bring him along with Blake with me. But we, I can't. Yeah. Do, I can't do nothing until mid October this year. I've got invited on a couple of good hunts, but it's been the wrong time frame. When? Yeah. Uh, how many people are going? Uh, as of right now, there's just gonna be three of us. Nice. That'll be fun. So. Yeah, it'll be laid back. It's the hardest part with this trip. I put together this trip, 
four or five times, and it seems there's a lot of uh, unpredictable people that end up backing out last minute. So mm-hmm. fin- finally got a group of guys, and we all uh, put money down on the trip right away so we can't back out. And now we're going for it. And this is really the only weekend we have open between all the big game seasons. So now, we'll see. Uh, well, we'll have a straight week up there, and then we'll head back. Now, are you uh, are y'all hunting with an outfit, or are y'all doing it completely on your own? No, it'll be just us. So y'all are y'all are freelancing the whole way, and, and you've done this before. Or you've never done this never at all. Done it. That's what I thought he said. I've fr- I've freelanced other other states before, but never up in Canada. No. Our our experience well, in Canada with the people was really positive. Our only negative yeah. deal is getting across that fucking border. I still have nightmares. Yeah. Well, we we got some buddies that have been up there, and we've taken the proper precautions and gotten the right legal paperwork uh printed out on past uh you know crimes and things like that and we'll be calling the border i've called them a few times already just to let them know we're coming up and clear it up so hopefully hopefully that goes well but yeah okay. a little nerve-wracking getting all that put together when you say past crimes like people in the group have a record yeah well there's one of my buddies has a shooting from the road ticket that wasn't even his from when he was a kid someone else in the truck did it oh, okay. and he ended up getting ticketed for it so it's it's a bunch of silly stuff like that, and right. uh, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't say a bunch. I think there's two. Um, <laughs> a bunch and of, then y'all ain't getting into Canada. Yeah. There's a bunch of shit. Bill's got a rap sheet longer than your arm over there. <laughs> yeah, well, and I had some like you know drinking under you know underage drinking tickets from growing up, and right. I had a buddy told me they won't even let you cross the border, and I called the the border, and they said, no, that's ridiculous. As long as you don't have a DUI, or yeah, a DWI, DWI will get your ass kicked out. We had, we had a guy come up to with us to hunt. And I, I still think the guy's full of shit. The mm-hmm. guy told us <laughs> when he got to the airport that he'd had a DWI and they didn't tell about him. So they made him pay, was it $500, Andy? Yeah. 500 American, and they slapped the fuck out of him, didn't they? They tased him. They tased him, yeah. And we had to tase him. Oh, it was called shit. the Queen's Ransom. And he was like, seriously, but he's like, fuck yeah. And I, I just, I can't get over the fact that in yeah. the Saskatoon airport, they got a room where you got to pay $500 and then you get fucking tased and then they let you come on in. <laughs> want to go forward you gotta hey, well, get tased randy yeah as long as you make it man yeah. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do i guess so, so you've never yeah done, i just don't know i don't know what it'll be like if you know if they're gonna want to take all the decoy bags and empty all that shit out and they didn't through. i don't know they how didn't with us out. when when i got across successfully um they made us they go through the truck pretty good uh-huh. um they don't really open bags or anything and then like they opened the trailer door saw it was full of shit kind of ran a flashlight and that was it huh yeah we won't even be bringing a trailer so we'll be pretty low-key you're hunting out of the back of a pickup yeah we'll have i think we're going with 60 or 70 dozen dive bombs and that's it nice they if it's that if it's that small of a thing they might open one or two bags just to make sure it's not uh colombian bam bam but yeah or or some colorado cabbage coming up with us could be that too i'm gonna tell you right now (laughs) that's a that is a red flag in texas if you got fucking colorado tags on they pull your ass over they're gonna fucking go through and check your ass so you better yeah. take some butt lube with you. One thing I will tell yeah. you though is make sure, make sure that you do not have like a pistol round or a rifle round, something that just fell yeah. out of a gun or something, and just you know. And that that's one thing that they said. Like if it's a handgun round and they find it, that's a problem. So make yeah. sure whatever truck you're taking. Um, well, you know, we'll be taking a brand a, new truck, so hopefully okay. there's no loose bullets or anything like that in there. Right. On on your way back, we were told that you can only bring so many shells back, ammo, so much ammo back. You might, I don't, oh, that may have changed. I'm not, I'm, le- I'm leaving all the steel up there, man. You I'm, can't, you can't bring any back. Uh, we brought some back. You could bring some back. You couldn't bring, but only like four boxes or something. Whatever it was at the time, we only brought because we left a so. bunch of shit up there. I don't think so. Okay, well, you check on the law on that. I'm damn sure not yeah. an expert on that thing. But I can tell you this much: well, Andy made me fucking un take all the fucking grass off of 10 layout blinds because we were told you couldn't come back in the country with grass on them yeah, we, oh, shit. we took all the fucking they were all grassed up looking nice got there had to take all them out we got there the guy didn't even look through the fucking truck Mm-mm. he goes are you jeff stanfield i said yes Sam. he goes you go right ahead sir <laughs> that's not how Holy shit. not exactly how it went <laughs> but yeah we had heard that you couldn't bring because you know it's not native grass or whatever we were told you couldn't yeah. bring that back across the border 
unbrush everything and sure as shit we get the green light basically at the u.s border yeah i think it was more because uh, yeah. we went in there we had to go in there and do our passport and i had a picture of barack obama on the wall and i thought oh you poor bastards go look at that fucking every day and the guy <laughs> was like oh yeah fuck it sucks sucks you know <laughs> good old boys from texas yeah. so y'all can go ahead and go i i talked to the game board up where we're going and he said most people up here love americans but i just want to warn you a lot of people hate your president so you might want to leave your MAGA hats at home. Oh, good. So, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Like they're doing any fucking better with Trudeau. Oh, yeah. That's a nightmare up there. Oh, yeah. Even the Canadians will tell you. Most of them will tell you that. So, let's talk about this. You're going to go to Canada. What's your, what's your plan? How, how, how are you going to do this? Are you going to go to the cafe? How are you going to meet these people? Uh, as far as, like, networking, get property and everything? Yeah. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Yeah, that's the big part. Getting on land. Yeah. How, what, what's your plan there? Yeah, so uh, what we did is we actually booked an Airbnb, and it's on a gal's property. I'm going to be careful not to share too much information. I here, wouldn't. Yeah, I would not uh, say nothing like yeah. that. I would just so on a gal's property that she has. She has some land, um, and uh, I gave her a call, and she said, "You know, we can hunt all her stuff while we're up there." I've already talked with the game warden, um, and then you know probably it's just going to be hitting the road as soon as we get up there and, and knocking on doors but we already have our hands on plot maps for up there so we'll be able to get you know addresses for all the properties and all that good stuff so yeah it's gonna be a lot of miles driving and knocking on doors we we didn't have any problems getting on we everybody we asked to hunt was very very nice mm-hmm. you know we were respectful we picked up after themselves well, I tell you what, yeah. one one asshole that goes up there and ruts up roads and don't fucking pick up his shit can fuck it for everybody else. Yeah, you know, be respectful. Of yeah, we'll be and, we're we're, we're going to bring a sled, a couple sleds up there, and we got the you know dive bombs in the bag. So it's not a big deal to walk in if we have to. I'm what what to about it. hiding? What are you going to do there? You got your layout blinds, or you got a frames? Uh, we're stuck on that. I, I mean, we have it all, but I'm really considering just running the. Uh, tangle free ghost blinds uh-huh. super low profile don't take up a lot of room and then we have the um, s5 socks so probably end up sitting up underneath those and right. hiding in lights yeah okay well i'm so, out on your trip we talked about bringing the a-frame i just don't know you know it takes you, up a lot of room see all those videos of those guys setting up an a-frame in the middle of the field like you guys do it it's tough to do that here in Colorado, so it makes me a little nervous going up there. Now, why is it tough in Colorado? Y'all get y'all's birds before we get ours. It's yeah, I don't I don't know what it is, man. When we run a frames, if I run like three or four at a time lined up, we have no problems. Geese will backpedal on top of those things. But if you put one a frame up in the middle of the field, I mean, they'll shortstop you by 120 yards every time. Why don't you just stick two more up then? Well. <laughs> Then you got to set up more blinds. Yeah, I don't that, necessarily want to hunt with that many people. <laughs> he sounds like Blake talking right there, don't he? <laughs> well, just give well, everybody their own blind. The, here's, here's, here's the problem: we have enough thing work with the decoys because we're running, you know, anywhere from fifty to a hundred dozen at a time. So when you drag that many more blinds into it and stuff, you got to invite a big old crew, and then you've got to trust a bunch of people. And I don't do a whole lot of that. So, <laughs> now, now, do you hunt any Dude. public land in Colorado? I do, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so just depending on, I mean, we're we're kind of all over. We drive all over the place. So depending on where the birds are, early season, once elk season's over, um, that's when I typically go up to the mountains. There's a bunch of high mountain lakes that are like eight, 9,000 feet that absolutely nobody will go in and hunt. And there'll be, you know, on any of our lakes, we have uh, three to... 800 honkers on one pond and or on one lake and you know every bit as many ducks in there so we'll go in there and hunt the dumbest birds in the world tear those up for a while and then once those start to freeze up then we move back down here and with the public land it's mostly eastern stuff other than the mountains um but it's really hit or miss i I pretty much don't touch it until i see the birds in there Mm -hmm. because we just get so much pressure out here that you know, just going and throwing out a few dozen decoys isn't, isn't very productive out here. Now, where's all the pressure uh, coming from? Just everybody kind of do it themselves, or there's a lot of outfitters out there? Uh, a little of both. There's a, it, it's a lot of hunt clubs here, oh, okay. and there's just an unbelievable amount of hunters. Compared to when I moved out here, there's, I mean, the amount of hunters out here is like tripled. There's just tons and tons, especially if you get around a college town like Fort Collins. 
I mean, it's just a giant waste. It's crazy. Now, is so that, then the what's go that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'd say around the college towns is it's kind of the new cool thing to do. So you know, you get around CSU or anything like that, and it's just I mean, everybody's got the Ducks Unlimited sticker on their truck, and any SWA around there with I mean, within an hour and a half drive is going to be packed full of those trucks on the weekends. So tell us about some of you, what's the weirdest shit you've had to deal with on public land up there? Well, I was shot twice by the same guy what? on different days. What? <laughs> Did you whip his ass? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was an Asian gentleman, uh, and I was hunting out in brush. Can't drive. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a ways east of us here. And he had come in, this is when I was younger, he had come in on our spread and swatted ducks out of our spread Oh shit! as we were landing them. And I mean, just shot right at us. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't get like pellets in the skin or anything, but got slapped pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, had it happen again on that same SWA, probably I'd say a month later, he was moving down a slough, jump shooting wood ducks. And, uh, same exact thing slapped us right in the face. Got three of us that second time. <laughs> Let me tell you what, I'd have taken his little fucking his ass. I'm just gonna say that. So I'll say something that's racially insensitive, and I'd have fucking whipped the <laughs> shit out of that little fucker. How, why? Yeah, he needs to learn some fucking manners. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. He didn't speak good English, or at least he portrayed that. Maybe once he realized he <laughs> fucked up, he just <laughs> he just played the uh, doesn't speak English card. But yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, we kind of just yelled about it, and he ended up disappearing in the bushes, and we let it be. But Probably should have taken it further than we did. Well, that guy's like after a, the second time. That guy's like a cue ball. The harder you hit it, the more the fucking English will come out of that son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't tell you what though. Those those guys are the best when you need to offload some some shovelers. We got a pond around here. We're, <laughs> we'll shoot like twelve man limit of shovelers. You have no idea. They are. I've I've never seen rice breast in my whole life, but we got this lake out here. We just hammer shovelers. I mean, every time we go out, we're just crushing them. And every duck you cut open has rice breast. It mm. is disgusting. Yeah, but no good. you swing up to a gas station, you find an Oriental gentleman wearing camo, and you say you want some ducks, and they will lose their mind when you drop the tailgate <laughs> and you pull out seventy spoonies. <laughs> they just love them. You yeah. got you got yeah. a picture of seventy spoonies together? I probably do somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few days when we shot like you know twelve, thirteen man limits of spoonies yeah. out there. Put that up on the podcast page. I'd like to see a picture of that. that takes that's a hell of a man that'll post seventy Fuck fucking yeah. shovelers together. Fuck hey man. Yeah. When when the pressure's on and you don't have a whole lot going on, but you got a pond with like eight hundred shovelers on it, you better go shoot them. Cur- whack them. Have you killed a banded one yet? No, no, not yet. That would be the ultimate I, man- goal. Seriously, that would be a my trophy. Whole life still haven't I've never shot a band. I've been hunting my whole life. I can tell you where in Colorado where to go to kill a band. <laughs> yeah. You got an idea? Oh, fuck. Not an idea. I know right where you can go to kill a band. Are you talking about the alligator down pond? In, down in Denver? Nope. Further south. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but it's uh, a little place called Alamosa. Uh, you go by the alligator pond, and uh, <laughs> if there's potatoes in that field, just fucking let them land and pick out all the bands you want and one, two, three them. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Never uh, really thought of that. <laughs> let's see. The first year I went to Alamosa, we killed. I don't know. Fuck, I was in college. That was a long time ago. Like six, I think, in two, uh-huh. two or three days. And then the Jeez. last time I went, we didn't kill it. We only killed one the whole trip, but we weren't up by the alligator pond. So if, yeah, you, if you really want a band, just go on down to Alamosa and. Uh, Thank there, me later. There is some guy right now that's that on this podcast is like that motherfucker right now. <laughs> God damn it! Oh yeah, he's calling. Well, Cle- Cletus, that fucker's <laughs> on the Big Honker podcast. Done told him about the fucking alligator pond. For for everyone throwing a fit about you guys talking about it, there's 30 more guys on Google Maps pinning properties right now. Oh looking, yeah, looking at Alamosa. <laughs> that is the coldest. Yep. That is the coldest place that I've ever been. Real Phil was 30 below one of the days that we hunted. Oh shit! Thank God there was no wind, and uh, yeah, the guy that uh, he's from Colorado he doesn't live there anymore. But um, his dad was hunting with us, and we're all sitting in the truck. You know, it's thirty below. We've got our decoy set out, and it's almost nine o'clock. 
and he sees a crow, uh-huh. a crow fly. And he's like, "Oh, there's our sign, boys! Crows are flying, geese are going to be flying." So we all get out of the we all get out of the truck, park the truck, go walk back, and it is no shit. Another hour, and I'm like, "Guys, I've not fucking eaten. I'm hungry. I'm going to the gas station down the road." And I go, I walk back out, go to the gas station, and as I'm walking back in, maybe 30 minutes later is when they shoot their first bird. So oh, no shit. 10:30ish is about. But yeah, it, sounds about right. It was it was fucking cold, but big, we shot a lot of bands. Big birds. Oh, yeah, all big birds. Oh, there. Yeah, we got some huge birds out here. Yeah, yeah. I've had huge. the closest I've been to that. I, we were, I think we were twenty eight below Oof. with wind chill hunting Lake McConaughey out in Nebraska, and that was that was cold. I Thank wasn't happy God. with that. Thank <laughs> God there was no wind this day because I don't know if this Texas boy could have handled it. Lake McConaughey <laughs> has made the podcast now on two of the last shows now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a popular place in the summer. Not many people go there in the winter. I can tell you, we're not a whole lot of people go to in the wintertime. It's Alamosa. That's why there's so many bands there. <laughs> you have <laughs> fucked that place up now, Andy. You're gonna you're gonna piss a lot of people off here. Yeah, because right. we get people that mess that things that I think oh they won't catch on to. I have people message me about little things we talk about oh, sometimes. This I'm is like, pretty fucking and, blatant. And there's a bunch of people talk about shit. And Michelle goes, God Almighty, a lot of people really pay attention to what y'all say. I said, Yeah, they do. <laughs> so yeah, Alamosa and put a new motel in that place now. <laughs> the well, what's the? It's the bear comfort. Or it's the it's a bear is what it is. It's the motel there. Oh, the one tra- travel lodge? No, it's a, no, it's like it's just a. Oh, it's like a mom and pop. Run. Yeah, but it's something bear. Nice huh. place if you're yeah. looking for a place in Alamosa to stay for a couple <laughs> days. That's, that's about five hours from where I'm at, so I don't think I'll be going down there to hunt too much. Ah. <laughs> uh. You never know. It depends on how many bands you kill in Canada. How far of a drive? What are we looking at? About fifteen hours for your drive to Canada? Yeah, it's right in there, like fourteen, fourteen, fifteen hours up there. Y'all gonna do it in one day? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna leave after work and just end it. Good. Good. Should be fun. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Y'all are gonna have a great time. I mean, it it is some of the most beautiful. Just no words can describe how beautiful it is up there. And if you yeah. if your timing is right and there's fucking birds everywhere, it'll be doubly beautiful. Yeah, well, and you know the this we get a lot of snows out here, but it's you know they're real hit or miss, and you know pretty well educated. So we get after them a little bit, but I'm excited to get up there, shoot some snows and ducks in the field. That's that, and of course specs. We don't get specs like you guys do. We got a few here and there, so mm. that'll be fun to shoot some of those guys. I hate those cocksuckers. <laughs> they'll just they'll drive you to drinking, man. They really will. So, uh, well, at least you're not hunting them out here. We, I mean, we only get I don't know three or four a year, maybe. So, uh, out of the guys that I hunt with, that's about all we kill. So, when you're hunting in Colorado, are you in those pits, or or how do you do it there? Yeah, we do everything, man. Whatever it takes, really. So, I do have my. My backup private land spots where I put in some permanent pits where, yeah. you know, we'll get the heaters going and, you know, all that good stuff. So we have those spots that we fall back on when we can't find the birds. And then uh, we did join a, we joined a couple hunting clubs here and there just to get some more access. But, you know, that's just as good as public land most of the time. So don't hit those too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's layout hunting. The public land is mostly just river hunting. There's not a whole lot of like public fields you can go set up on. So it's yeah. a lot of tucking into the willows and, you know, hiding on the edge of a pond or whatnot. Yeah. What rivers do you hunt around there? Uh, mostly just the South Platte, a little bit down on the Arkansas, uh-huh. but mostly the South Platte. And is it mainly just big honkers that are using it or are there the occasional ducks? Oh, no, there's tons of ducks, tons of them. Hmm. Yeah, so we get divers, dabblers, I and mean, we get everything on there. You know, even snows and everything, we'll use the river as well. How deep is it where you hunt? Yeah, that varies. It, it just really depends on how much ice there is. Later in the season, I try to avoid that and just stick to the field because, you know, out in eastern Colorado, that, that river can get, you know, 10 feet deep at least. Um, at least in what I've tested. But, <laughs> yeah, most of the time it, it's one of those deals where, once the once the ice starts going, the riverbanks raise quite a bit, and I won't hunt it anymore because I don't want to die, and I don't want to send my dog into it because I don't want to watch him get swept under. So once it gets too icy, I don't mess around too much out there. 
No, that ice is dangerous shit, especially for a dog. Are you taking your dog to Canada with you? I don't think so. We've thought about it. We're kind of back and forth, but at that point, we'd be tight on space, and they have to take a trailer up there, which is just, you know, that many more tires on the road and shit that can go wrong. And then it adds a whole other element with, with the uh, border crossing. So I don't know. We're still up in the air, but most likely not well, because the last time I went, they you had to have like vet records. <clears throat> so I was just if if you were taking them, I was going to make sure that you had the. And they they might have changed that law a couple years ago. I don't know. But the last time I went, I had to have certain paperwork. Yeah, you got to have all them. your vaccination records yep. and all that stuff yep. on you. All yep. that good stuff. So I was just going to give yeah, you a little I, heads I, up. Yeah, I don't think we will. But you know, just with three of us, we can be super mobile and quick and. You know, adding a dog adds a whole nother element. So yeah, we'll and then see. you got to stop to let the fucker out, and that adds time yeah. to the trip. Uh huh. And then it only takes one one mess up, and that dog's out for the season. So True. I don't want to screw him up early. I took him to the mountains last year, and we pushed him hard and got an infection on his leg, and he's out for half the season. So how did that happen? I have no clue. It's just, it, I mean, where we hunt in the mountains, it you're hiking back a couple miles in the high country. So you would think you're going to chase elk. Like you're, you're way up in there. And, uh, you know, at the end of the trip, we noticed a little tiny cut on his leg, which typically I just squirt some super glue in there and he's good. Mm -hmm. But this one got infected and just blew up overnight and then took a trip out to Kansas and he licked it the whole way to Kansas and, uh, jacked it up. So they had to open him up and (sighs) clean him out and all that stuff and just put him out. What did they do? So, they just made a, a big incision on his leg and, and flushed that? Yeah, just, just sliced him open and, and flushed it out. And then it, it really, the injury wasn't that bad. It was just getting that to seal back up because it was right on the joint of his leg. Oh, and, right. you know, labs, they just, you put anything on a lab, they're going to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't, you know, we basically had to keep him on the ground and keep him from running around. And then my other dog keep him off of him. So it was just a giant nightmare. We know our buddy, Steve Barber, his dog, a couple years back, got a flesh-eating bacteria in her leg. Ooh. They were teal hunting, and they were teal hunting a spot that had cow shit in it. Uh-huh. And uh, he he crippled a teal, sailed a teal, sends the dog after it. She crosses a barbed wire fence, and it sticks her kind of on her back leg, kind of in almost to her belly, so like high up on the inside of her leg. Yeah. And uh kind of makes a little bit of a whimper. Gets back to the truck, gets the, you know, gets the bird, gets back to the truck, and he sees blood. A little bit of blood, nothing terrible. I mean, it's not like out of a horror movie or anything. And uh-huh. he and he looks and for the longest time they were treating her for a snake bite cuz it looked like a snake bite. And turns out it was not a snake bite. It was a f- but like all the while they're treating her for this snake bite, her skin is just rotting off of her back leg. And it was a flesh oh, e- flesh eating bacteria. So, damn, that sucks. Well, yeah, and she's uh, thirty thousand dollars is what Ron just told me it, that that cost oh. to keep that dog alive. Um, Holy shit! But uh, she'll she'll never hunt again. Like she runs now, she runs in circles because that leg doesn't really work all that great. So, uh-huh. she's just uh, yeah, she's, she's a house dog now. Whenever. You know, I, I love having a dog. I love training dogs. It's a blast. But when I hear a buddy say they're going to get their first duck dog, I, I have a long talk with them usually and say, you sure you know what you're getting yourself into? It's a commitment. <laughs> it, it It is. It's a huge time commitment and financial <laughs> as well. <laughs> and, Andy's commitments worked out real good. Tell me about the wedding, Andy. Oh, God. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard this or not with Vandemore, but Lou on Father's Day, my dog, uh-huh. Uh shit all over the living room. I gave him some chicken. Oh, nice. I locked him I, I was locking him up for Father's Day. Felt bad. Gave him chicken. Didn't really pass the smell test. I gave it to him anyway. <laughs> Come out Saturday, a Father's Day weekend, he shit everywhere. That's a big fucking deal. His wife is not a fan of the dog. It looked like milk it looked like a spilled milkshake in like three different spots in the living room. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that was Father's Day. So fast forward to the wedding. Zach's wedding on July 27th, uh, we come home after a 
great night. Fucking dancing and moving and shaking. I was in the zone, Tyler. Shit. <laughs> I was I was double fisting sangria and Coors Light. And me and Blake. You're looking to get lucky that night. Oh, huh? me and Blake and my wife and, and just some of the other people. That, that didn't that, sound right. That, that's why. <laughs> I cleared that up. That's a, that's a disturbing image yeah. there. We were fucking cutting up the dance floor, okay? We cut it up all night. I mean, I was in the fucking zone with my dance moves, okay? So, uh, my loving wife drives me and my drunk friend home from the wedding, and my other buddy, Fox, is also in for the wedding, and he rode separately because we had to carry Blake's big ass back to the house, and we've got two car <laughs> seats. So, uh, Fox beats us to the house, and I walk in the door, and in my drunken state, I say, what the fuck is that smell? And I see Fox carrying a 409 counter cleaner, and he's spraying it all over my floor. I mean, what the fuck has happened? He's like, it's no big deal. I've got it taken care of. Lou, for some reason, I don't know what happened this time, shit everywhere while we were gone. I mean, everywhere. All over. Toys. We threw toys away that night that he'd shit on. It was... (laughs) I was doing. I was working out the other day, and I was uh, doing push-ups. Looked under the the media center, and there's shit under there that we didn't clean up. That we <laughs> I'm just now finding it. God, I your house stuck. Oh, I was fucking drunk. Oh, I was fucking drunk, and it, it was not a good situation. So basically, my yeah, wife I, and folks gotta... got to clean that up. And the only thing that I could do, I was so drunk. The only thing that I could do was change the fucking Cincy out. It's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only way that I could contribute to this to this problem. Oh, man. And then, We've got a uh, – <laughs> I had to buy my wife a dog because I'm always taking mine hunting, so we got a Rottweiler. And that dude weighs 130 pounds. Jeez. And when he has an issue like that – Yeah, not good. You might as well burn the house down. Yeah. It's just – oh, man, it's bad. <laughs> so, Blake uh, – Fox has declared eternal dibs uh, on uh, the extra bed that we have. And it's really not an extra bed. It's just Reese's. He just sleeps with us, my sons. So uh-huh. Blake had to sleep in the living room that night that uh, smelled like dog shit. And he was so drunk, we wake up the next day, and there's fucking chewing tobacco all over the floor. I think it's dog oh, turd, so I'm looking at it. I'm like, fucking loose shit again. It's chewing tobacco. I said, Blake, what happened here? He's off. Fucking rolled off the couch. (laughs) He said, and I'm laying there, and a couple minutes later, I realized that Lou had shit all over the floor. So he's like, oh, fuck. I better get back on the couch. So when he fell off, I guess his face hit the ground and chewing tobacco went everywhere. Well, Blake stayed at our house one night, and we had three fucking spare bedrooms to sleep in. But he got drunk, I guess, and stayed at Andy's. But... Well, see, on the way home, we got the bright idea that we would continue drinking. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? Luckily, I went to Allsup's and bought more beer. We did not drink anymore. Well, when we got back from, we'd been on vacation, and we got back, and Saturday, Michelle was doing all the sheets on the bed, and she went in Blake's room, and she goes, what the fuck happened in here? I go, what do you mean? She goes, what did Blake do? She goes, there's no blanket. The sheets are messed up. Everything's just oh, he's rolled violent, around. Violent sleeper. I said, I said, he's an aggressive sleeper. She's yeah. like, fuck. She goes, he only spent seven hours in there. What does he do? Yeah. I said, I don't know. But I said, <laughs> his bed looks just like that in Oklahoma the first night. And the day he leaves, it looks the same. He's aggressive. He, but it's what he told no, me. He I said, he, he says he's an aggressive sleeper. So Maybe it's good Blake's not going with y'all to Canada. Yeah. That might not turn out too well. No Plus, shit. I don't know if he wants to sit in layout blinds either. No. That if you want to make also, a, the other guys and him wouldn't shut the hell up about the Rockies if we did that either. Big Rockies fan you're going with? Uh, yeah, they they're all into sports, so it's going to be annoying as shit. But we'll see what happens. So are y'all also all Swamp Donkey fans? Uh, I mean, most of the people around here are. I don't I don't do a whole lot of sports. I watch a little bit of hockey, but I just hunt. I don't really care about sports. How are the Avalanche this year? Uh, no idea. They hadn't playing right now. They hadn't no started clue. yet. Well, what do you think they're going to be like? It's fucking hockey. I have no clue. I'm not. I'm not a big like. I get three tickets now and then, and I'll just go to the games. That's it. Well, you done <laughs> fucked up I, now. I don't get. Mm-hmm. I don't get invested in any of that crap. Blake's going to be calling you now, looking for them free baseball tickets. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think we get baseball tickets, but hockey and just basketball hockey. and Broncos and all that crap. 
But no baseball? You get football tickets, but no baseball tickets. Uh, yeah, because we got a bunch of people with tickets to the season passes to the Broncos, and then we have connections at the Pepsi Center. Right. So pretty much everything in the Pepsi Center we can usually get tickets to, but uh, nothing, nothing to Coors Field. <laughs> Man, I went to Fenway Park, the greatest ballpark in America, and we went three innings. That was it? That was it. Fuck it. Anyway, that's enough from baseball for me. I'll go next year to a game maybe. I got invited, matter of fact, yeah. for opening day of the Rangers in the new stadium. Me and Michelle got invited to that, and I might go three innings of that. I, I go to sit in the sun and have a cold beer and a brat, and that's about it. I don't really care about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. baseball, I get pretty damn bored myself, but football's not. So when you go up into the mountains for these for the ducks and geese, what? how do you hunt them up there? Is it all ponds, or is there agriculture? Uh, there definitely is agriculture options. Um it just takes a lot of work to get on them. You just got to, you know, know the right people and do a lot of door knocking and, you know, kissing asses. But for us, there's a there's just a ton of public land out here, and there's a bunch of big lakes, you know, just high mountain lakes that we'll get in on. Yeah. And, it, you know, it just depends on, on what the scout produces. But this last year, we pushed a cart back in there with, oh, what did we have? I think 10 dozen dive bombs and like a dozen floaters. And shot a four-man limit of ducks and geese pretty quick, and they're they're just real dumb up there because they just don't get hunted. And there was I think there's 800 geese on the first lake we hunted, right? And they just you shoot at them on one shore and they bounce over and they go to the other side of the lake and they forget about you and they hear your call and they come right back over and land in the decoys and then you light into a machine. Oh, that is beautiful. This, well, and it's it's great because you're in the aspens and you can hear elk bugling and you know the trees are turning colors. It's just gorgeous up there, so that's why I love to do it. It's just beautiful. But it's a lot more work. Oh, it's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. Then what it's do you bad. do? With you go the, in. What do you do with you the go birds? in the ground frozen? Yeah. What What do we do with the birds? Well, I mean, just you, you've got this long ass walk, and then all of a sudden you got these big ass geese you got to carry out. Yeah, it just depends. Whether it's throwing them on a backpack or throwing them on a game cart, whatever okay. we got with us. So go on with yeah, your the story. Geese, it's, shooting it's, the geese sucks, though. It's, those things get heavy. Go on with your story. It's frozen and all that other good stuff. Yeah, so in the morning, it's it's not bad getting in the morning because it's always frozen. The ground is. And then typically on the way out, it all thaws out and it's just a muddy nightmare. So the trip out can be pretty bad. But there's definitely some easier accessible spots in the mountains it's just going to have a lot more people and i'm i'm kind of i don't like the crowd so i get way away from everybody up there right what's the main agriculture that you guys hunt there what's the main crop uh it's got to be corn corn i mean that's mostly what i'm mostly what i'm hunting yeah i do a little a little alfalfa you know the hemp thing now and then (laughs) (laughs) um yeah alfalfa uh definitely some winter wheat if it's you know, if it's right, just kind of depends. And then on these warm years, they tend to land in trash fields quite often. So you're hunting, you know, big old, looks like just mowed down CRP, just junk. Hmm. And that's what they're feeding in a lot of times when it's, you know, real hot out here. Yeah. No potatoes? Um, I can't say. I, I know I've hunted near potato fields, but they pull them out so early and the seagulls get on them right away. I don't think there's anything left over. Huh. At least I don't think I've ever seen a goose feeding on potatoes out here. Because that's sure what they love in that one spot I was talking about that remains nameless now. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know about that. There's there's a guy next to us that does a bunch of potatoes, but he details after he's done. So it's I don't I don't think they I've never seen a goose land out there before. Yeah. Hmm. They do a lot of sugar beets too, but it's kind of the same thing as typically detailed after that around us. Yeah. Now, when you do, you, you, do you mainly use the A-frame where you're at? Um, I would say most of the time I'm hunting hunting picks. Most of the time. Oh, you lucky bastard! Yeah, yeah. It's just especially when it starts getting cold and everything. I don't like sitting outside if I, you know, if I don't have to. And where we're at, we're pretty lucky to have some pretty good fields that stay pretty consistent. So if it gets too cold, I just get in the pit. And, then it helps with the wind and everything, and it's easier to control the dogs and, and whatnot. But, yeah, it's, all of our public land stuff is A-frames, um, but all the pretty much all the private stuff is going to be out of pits. When uh, 
do you do the breakfast and the whole whole nine yards in the pit or not? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we'll cook. Otherwise, you know, some unlucky bastard gets selected to buy breakfast burritos for everybody. <laughs> so a lot of times when we invite new people out, that's, that's typically what happens is they'll bring a whole bag of burritos and energy drinks and try to kiss up to get another invite. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that pays off a little bit. What's the... What's the limit out in Colorado for geese? Five geese. Five. So, yeah, unless you're up in the mountains um, on that early season, then you're four four honkers. Um, but yeah, most of our stuff is five geese. Five what? geese, six ducks. That's a that's a fun hunt. I mean, what what's the what's the party size most of the time? Five six guys. Wes. Uh, if we're hunting the pit, I almost always run eight guys. Okay. Almost always. So. That's because if I'm hunting the pit, that means we're hunting a super heavy traffic area, but also heavy pressure. So it's usually running 80 to, you know, 110, 120 dozen decoys, whatever we can, whatever we can put out. So you need the manpower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gotten a little easier since we switched over to Silla, but yeah, before we were trying to do that with, with full bodies and it just wasn't working out. Were you, uh, were you hesitant switching over to to the silhouettes uh, yeah i was big time yeah because in the beginning i had run some like real geese and stuff like that mm-hmm. and we had such problems with the single stake system you know the wind blows a little bit bores out the hole and then they fall over yep and if you couldn't stand them up it was a nightmare getting them in the ground when the ground was frozen um and then i just wasn't impressed with any others that i had seen i had tried a bunch of brands out and I thought they all just looked like junk, and then I hunted over the uh, the V2S, and I was like, all right, these these look pretty good, so I put in a big <laughs> order of those. <laughs> these look all right. So, yeah, yeah, so now, actually, I mean, I got a, a full rig of, of avian full bodies that are all, you know, perfect shape. We hunted those, like, hardly at all last year compared to what we would normally do. Right. It's just so, it's just so much, much easier. easier. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just so much easier compared to yeah you know and the trailer going to the trailer a million fucking times for these full bodies that one year i ran i ran pretty much all full bodies and it takes longer you're making a million trips to the trailer and i finally i I was like fuck this i don't know what i'm doing next year but it ain't this shit luckily got on with dive yeah well the other great thing is if the birds just aren't working right and they're putting down on the outside of your spread, it's so easy to get out and grab, you know, five, six dozen yeah. of them a piece and move them super yes. quick. I mean, it's just so much more versatile doing it that way. Mid-morning adjustments are a breeze if you got to do them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm well known for that, getting out and complaining about the birds not doing it right, <laughs> moving shit around for no reason. <laughs> so so what do you do? Birds don't center upright and, and you're uh, changing everything, or do you wait for a little bit and see what see what the birds are going to do? Uh, after the first block, I'm already thinking about it, but I know if I step out of the pit, everyone's going to start complaining about it. So, but, but you it, would it, do it after the first one if you knew nobody was going to bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just depends. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm big into reading birds, so I'm watching their eyes as they're coming in. And if I see them, you know, getting funny on a corner or something, then yeah, I'm going to go out right away. But if it's one of those deals where I just don't know what the hell's going on, oh, yeah, I'll give it a few, few sure. groups before I get out and mess with it. Yeah. Yeah, I asked, I can't remember. It's been a while, but I asked what the acceptable number of flocks were to uh, before you start making changes. And well, you, the problem is if you wait too long, you miss the flight, and then you're done. You right. Know? Yep. Yep. That's a that's a big concern. But um, I like your answer. I like what you said. You know, if it's something that you know is the problem, go out and fix it right away. If it's something that you're just kind of scratching your head about, wait and see what uh, what the next flock does. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, hunt, hunting pressured birds out here, you can't, you know, you can't overthink it too much. <laughs> it's just, these geese get so stinking smart, and you get a flock of, you know, two, 300 geese coming in, and 70% of those have blown out wings and, you know, missing right. feathers. So on an it's, average it's morning, out here. on an average morning, how many different parties will be set up? How many different parties, <clears throat> like around us? Yep. How many different how many different spreads are out there? Uh, at least everywhere I've hunted in Colorado, I haven't hunted one spot without hearing at least 
unless I'm in the mountains, that's a different story. But down in, in the flatland, it's at least three or four groups. I mean, you know, close enough where you can see birds falling into their spread. Wow. So, and, and that's minimum. But yeah, we get, we just get a ton of hunt clubs that, you know, end up buying up huge chunks of land and then there'll be people. We had a great river spot where we just tear up the mallards every single weekend and they got all the property around us. And now, I mean, you couldn't shoot a duck on that river if you tried because everything that flies to that hundred yards, that thing just gets blown to pieces. I mean, everything's getting shot at. So yeah, we got a big problem with that. What do you think of guys from Texas coming up there? When I hunted up there, the couple times that I did, uh, around Alamosa, <laughs> they said, uh, "Don't we can't scout in your pickup? You got Texas tags. People up here don't like people from Texas because they buy huh. up all the shit, buy up all the land." Yeah, I you know I I hear that there's like a, a lot of people out here have issues with Texans. The only time, I mean. The only time I bump into a whole lot of Texans is when I'm elk hunting. And then <clears throat> yeah. when I'm elk hunting, you, you guys never leave the damn road, so I don't care. I'm, you can <laughs> walk 30 yards into the into the trees and get away from all the Texans. So that's not a big deal for me. Well, yeah. But then I I guide turkeys down, uh, let's just say, around Trinidad area. And uh, they hate the Texans down there. It's funny because they'll come across the border, and you can sit there and eat lunch and watch them hit every single pot shop on the street there mm-hmm. and that one after another after another after another and drive straight back across the border <laughs> so that's that's the reason a lot of people you know hate them down there but you know i I've, i don't think i've bumped into many texans i hunt with one um you know that i've been hunting with for a long while now and he's got you know of course a badass mud boat that makes no sense here in colorado but it's real fun to hunt with <laughs> yeah, no shit yeah i didn't know what the attitude there was towards us uh my fellow texans yeah, we mostly just hate the Californians out here. Well, that's so, pretty common anywhere can, in the United States, I can basically. That. And there's some good people from California. They're just surrounded by a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, well, I, I was born in that terrible state, and luckily we escaped. <laughs> well, how long have you been in uh, Colorado? Uh, since 2004. So I've been out here most of my life. Yeah. yeah. Family move. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Parents, parents brought us out here and we went from shooting a couple of birds a year and a deer every four years to, you know, killing everything in the countryside as soon as we moved out here. So it it was a good move. Went in Rome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, man, I, I appreciate you coming on with us. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This was a fun little podcast, and if you ever get down to that one spot, you know, don't uh, don't tell people <laughs> where you've heard about it. Yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone about that one spot. <laughs> <laughs> you have a uh, let us know how everything goes up in Canada, and uh, be sure to post a lot of pictures to our podcast group. We love uh, love seeing that yeah. stuff. Indeed. I'm excited well, for the season to start because I'm excited for all those guys to everybody in our group start bragging about it. I want to see the shoveler pick. Yeah, send that over if you've got yeah. it. I'll, I'll see what I can find. I don't know if I have any giant ones with them all piled up, but I'll at least have a few that have a pretty big stack, so I'll post them up. Cool. All right. Thank you, bud. God bless you. Have a great day, and y'all have a good trip to Canada and be safe. All right. Thank y'all. Thank you. See you, man. Another very interesting person. I hope I didn't give too much away about my location. I think you gave everything away, but exactly <laughs> where you sit in the field. Well, there was a little washout we yeah. set up. Alligator there. Pond, Alamosa, <laughs> stay at the place that's got the bear for the resort. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm telling you right now, there's some motherfucker out there that is pissed <laughs> off. I mean, you're going to get some hate mail probably. I'm sure. This. I get hate mail all the time. Well, you bring a lot of that on. You oh, do. Oh. What am I going to do? There's there no is, secrets in this world, people. <laughs> there is. Not with social media, there's not anyways. But there is somebody out there, right, that's going to listen to this, and he's going to be like, that motherfucker I can't did it believe again. Son of a bitch, you did that fucking <laughs> shit. You know, now he's ruining a fucking hunting in Colorado. <laughs> what are you gonna do? The second time I went out there, it wasn't near as good as the first time. That's why you didn't go a third. That's why I didn't go a third. Well, we didn't shoot the bands we did the first time. So it's all, it was all about the bands. Pretty much, when you're fucking 19 years old, that's all it's about. So. Me and mom went somewhere because you invited me. I think we went to Vegas. It's always the last. It was always yeah, and first I was like, weekend fuck in this February. I think I want to just go fucking cold. And it was cold. I almost got trampled by a horse the second time I went out there. That don't surprise me. Thought I was going to have to. You got a fucking 
look like a Clydesdale stomping his hooves behind you. Oof. That's a big old horse, too, Andrew. Luckily, we had Dane and Bear, and Bear scared the horse away. Good for y'all. Oh, he looked like a fucking grizzly bear. Saved your life. All right. Well, let's get out of here. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, Remember, Texas Trophy Hunters, come by and see us.